0: Welcome, Ben. Thank you. Thanks you for having me. Thanks for coming on, brother.
1: I'm uh, I'm honored to get the invite. So.
0: Dude, I am honored that you're here, especially after doing my research today. Um, I, know lot, I know a lot. I know a lot about, about Aussie research. rules now. Relatively, okay. I still want to learn more. I have tons of questions. It's been uh, it's been a hectic setup. Honestly, we've been here for what, like an hour or so. Yeah. Amon wasn't even supposed to co-host. Yeah. I knew Ben was well, on, yeah. so I had to jump <laughs> on. So. <laughs> no well i i didn't have my key to go up i call amon 10 minutes later he's not there so i'm Eamon, what's going on bro like we're getting this podcast set up amon's like yeah man I, w- I was talking to ben and we were just in this enthralling conversation like bro you can't just stop the conversation open the door
2: third time i had to go get the keys too. <laughs> yeah. go get
0: mo well, i forgot yeah, my I think key, the key yeah, yeah. Yeah. the
1: key situation has been underplayed here yeah, yeah. okay
0: <laughs> but still we're setting up the podcast the context right and he's like, dude, like we should have been airing right there. We're going into some great stuff, and that got me thinking. Amen. Co-host our pod 20 minutes before, and he's he's here. peer pressure he into it. it.
1: Credit to him. But, stepping out. Yeah,
0: five episodes in, he's finally on. I know we do. But yeah, bro, there's a lot to talk about. Aussie rules, AFL playing out there. You come out here to USC, star punter, all Pac-12, going to the I think soon. I was honorable
1: mention. I don't think I made the pick. Uh,
0: we'll say we'll uh, say all pack. If you're gonna I'll give it to I'll, me, I'll take it. I'll <laughs> take it, <laughs> um, bro. I don't even know where to start. Um, I was learning about the rules. It's it's an, it's a crazy game, and I think a lot of Americans don't even understand what it is. Myself, I thought it was rugby, and I think really, if more Americans uh, understood what was going on, they would get behind it. And I also didn't realize it's the fourth most attended sport on the planet. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, dude.
1: Yeah, well, I think in my uh, my last year of playing in 2017, I think our team averaged 54,000 people per game. Wow. Um, and the stadium, our home ground, the MCG, has like a 100,000 people capacity. Um, and it's massive in Australia. And I think the reason it kind of doesn't catch on over here is just like there's no... Uh, infrastructure in place to kind of support it and i think there there are actually afl teams that are, are based over here and there's a, a us afl league which uh i know we're going to talk about mason cox later but he actually played in um oh
0: really so he started then, playing aussie rules here in the u.s and then he went over
1: yeah well i think he was a college basketball player and yeah. then uh was playing for the austin team i believe i'm correct me if i'm wrong but uh and then through there, I think he they initiated kind of like a, a draft combine for athletes over here that didn't get drafted into their sport um, as a way for AFL recruiters to scout talent over here. And, um, I mean, he's a pretty incredible athlete for his size, and yeah. uh, he's been able to, to translate it really well.
2: Wait, can, can you explain it? So at Penn, I took this class, crazy class. Uh, it was more like storytelling. Teacher loved Aussie rules football. Always watched it, and before class, he would always play highlights and stuff. So we're all coming to class. We see this weird game going on. It's not quite rugby. It's some kind of European. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Found out it was Aussie rules. Was kind of interesting. Can you just like lay the premise of it? How you score points? The teams? How many players on the field? All that good stuff.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you have uh, eighteen players per side, and then you'll have four on the interchange bench as well so you've got 22 people total um, and basically you have uh, two big posts much like the field goals and then you'll have uh, a smaller post either side of those and if you kick it through the middle ones it's six points uh, and anything to the side is one points and then if, if you if you miss it completely it's out of bounds on the full and it's a free kick to the other team everything that happens in between is very complicated and the rules are constantly changing and it's actually uh uh a, a very good subject point at the moment because there's been rules that have been changed back home and huh. I think everyone's kind of confused as what hap- as to what's happening so um the easiest way to describe it is it's much like the the gameplay of soccer in the way that like the defense moves and like your attack kind of moves um but with a rugby kind of Concept to it, as but well. kicking's a bigger
2: part of the game than maybe, yeah. Right? So much
1: like uh the quarterback throws the ball over here, we to pass it would kick with our feet. Got it. Yeah, and that's how you get a composed yeah. possession.
0: Well, the big. So I was watching highlights all day. I was on this rabbit hole,
1: and all the big highlight plays are ones where
0: you kick it really high and far, and then it's just a mosh pit. It's almost like a jackpot situation, and then the the dude just jumps the highest and catches it. I guess that's called the mark.
1: Yep. Right there we go. Yeah. So if you mark and, the ball, yeah then you get uh, like a composed possession. So the, the other team can't touch you. So yeah. you then move back off the mark.
0: And you have an opportunity to kick it through the yeah, post. Yeah, you get
1: seven seconds to kick it. Okay. Or if you're having a shot at goal, you get 30 seconds. So like <laughs> it's hard to explain without any visuals. Yeah. But uh, it's a yeah. good thing
0: we have the visual. It's a complicated <laughs> We've got the highlights <laughs> popped up.
1: There's
0: Okay, so this is, all right, we've got the overall highlights. and we Let's first put the
1: one where, this is the one you catch it, right? This is a big mark. Uh, yeah, going off your YouTube clip, uh, which way, which one was we own? Put, put the Do first one. Do you want one this one on? or the other one? Put this the one? one. Yeah. the other one. No, yeah, the, other one. Yeah. the gigantic this, screamer. This couch screamer? is insane. Bro, I didn't know
0: you had this in you.
1: Please hold. I was a bit younger. We yeah. Have, we don't have the budget. So <laughs> how old were you? When, yeah. Uh, oh, this one? Uh. Oh, here we go. This would have been 2015.
0: Oh, um, sorry. Bad timing. I mean, you went up. Bro, so I saw this earlier today, and I'm thinking, why aren't you playing yeah. tight end? Oh, I'm too old you're now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, uh,
1: I can't uh, move anymore. Bro, you're 6'6", what, 240,
0: 245?
1: Yeah, two forty five. Are
2: most people that big playing Aussie? Uh, like, always. you mentioned the
1: basketball player, right? Are most people like 6'4", 6'6"? I think uh, even from when I started playing, so I got drafted in 2009, I think the the average kind con- or the prototype of the player has changed so much. I think even now it's like you've got guys getting drafted that are my size, that move better than me, are way fitter than me. Um, and even the way the game's changing because of rule changes as well, um, there's a bigger emphasis on endurance now um, and far less on strength. Uh, and it's about who can kind wow. of outrun because of... Really? So what they've done is they've capped um, with Interchange. So you can you can only make a certain amount of changes per game. So players have to stay on the field for longer. So now players have to be able to run better. Um, and then obviously the development pathway as well is much better now. There's more funding and, and the guys coming through are just incredible athletes. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. And talk about – because upstairs we talked about it a little bit. I thought it was interesting. So here, uh, especially through football, you have to go through college and everything and into a way to get to the pros – there you go straight out of high school, right? Yeah. You get drafted. Then there's like a development stage.
1: Yeah. Can you talk
2: about that? Like what was draft like coming straight out of high school? Was it a big deal? Then how did uh, developing into a pro become?
1: Yeah. I think, uh, the pathway is very different. Like, uh, it kind of starts real young too. Cause I, I probably started playing football when I was five and then you kind of work wow. your way through like local leagues. Um, And then up and towards uh, under 18, so high school age, um, state level kind of competition. And then from there, you get recruited um, and then go to like development teams and that sort of thing and uh, go to the combine. And then, yeah, you're drafted straight out of school and clubs will invest uh, four or five years into a player if they think that they need the development. So a a key position player like myself, who's taller, um, may need some more time to kind of grow into my body. Um, they'll invest four or five years into to try and get to the point where they're they're ready to kind of play. Um, because coming out of high school and going against seasoned veterans who are 25 to 30 years old, um, who have played the game for a long time, really smart, like you're a really elite talent if you can come into that situation and perform. Yeah, yeah.
2: So are you coming out, are you making like a big contract? Because we talked about these are all guaranteed money, are you making males coming straight out of high school and is that crazy or what was it like? or only the elite players.
1: Yeah. So I think the, uh, the average salary, if you like Googled it would be a little bit skewed because of the, the top tier talent. Um, and you may have like two or three players at each club that are like getting paid serious dollars. Um, but even then, like that's not really comparable to the money that you can make over here. And I think that comes back to the, um, the fan base and, Australia's got 25 million people compared to America with 350 million people or whatever it is but yeah. um, so there's just not like that the gener- uh you just don't generate as much um, fan base and, and money coming in through that way but uh, yeah it's it's still very good money for a kid coming out of high school. I don't get me it. wrong and yeah. even like now oh, yeah. the uh, the money that they're earning on base salary, which is all guaranteed, So if you you come, you get drafted, you've got two years at the club. Like you're not going to get fired the next week. Um, And that's where it's also dangerous because you have guys coming straight out of high school, walk straight into a disposable income. Um, And that's why that development kind of role at the club is so important Um, and the investment that clubs make in those first four years um, to make sure that they're on the right pathway and, and learning good habits.
0: Talk to me about the physicality of the game. So I saw somewhere today where they said if you play over 100 games, like that's a very elite threshold, which I believe you did, right? Over 100?
1: Oh, uh, I played 63.
0: Okay, 63. Yeah. Well, almost there.
1: Yeah, nearly. Anyway. Uh, yeah, a couple yeah. seasons away.
0: <laughs> well, you played eight seasons, right? Yep. Okay. I mean, that's, that's a very long time to do anything professionally in terms of athletics goes. And, you know, much more when you take into account the physical beating and the big hits and all the highlight plays and all that. Um, you know, how how does that compare? Well, so you play punter, so it's different in terms of, like, you're not experiencing the day-to-day of football. But, you know, how, how does that look in between games in terms of recovery and, and you know, how many, how many days in between games do you have, off-season recovery? Because uh, a lot of people don't last that long, right?
1: Uh, it's a really long season, so they have 23 weeks Um, for the 22 rounds and they have a mid-season bye. And uh, it's structured very similar to how it is over here. You play each weekend, um, but you may play on a Friday night one week and then on a Saturday the next weekend. So that's where kind of what you're saying, the recovery side of things is so important because not only are you kind of dealing with the physical contact of contested situations and um, you then have to run a heap. So after the game... Like, it takes two days to kind of feel like you can walk normal. Yeah. Just because, like, you've copped bangs and um, your joints are real sore just from wearing the load. Um, like, I, my shins would be banged up the whole year, yeah. just, like, bruised, cut.
0: Well, also, the field's 200 yards. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> the running side of things Dude, how much is, are you running per game?
1: Uh, in kilometres, uh, which I'll have to convert. I was probably doing just under... Uh, um so I think the most overrun in the game was uh sixteen kilometers, which I think is ten miles.
2: That sounds about right. Yeah,
1: that's right. It's one point six, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It so I think 6. it's about ten miles a game. Okay. And uh
2: Dude,
0: that's insane. Yeah, look, you spot on. Oh wow.
3: Oh kilometers, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it depends on and your position too. Like and we had guys
1: in our team that wouldn't okay. run as much. But what uh, position were you? I was a, a forward but then I would also go into the ruck. So um, I would start forward and then when our number one ruckman would go off onto the bench for a rest, I would kind of take his place until he came back on and then I'd cop a spell, right. which, which I would need. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd come back on and then, uh, yeah, just keep
0: doing the job. Bro, what am I watching when, so they, they do the kick pass and the, was it the semi-circle where you can be eligible for the kick through? I'm, I'm saying this all wrong in terms of terminology. Yeah, but do you get I'm, what I'm, I'm saying? Very, like geez. the kickball, <laughs> like when they kick it up, and then it's like a jackpot situation to catch it. Oh, yep. So what's going on where these guys are climbing on people's shoulders and catching the ball?
1: Yeah, so like each team will have a, a game plan they want to do. So basically, yeah, just, the, just like that almost. Yeah, the the long kick down the line to that pack. Yeah. would be kind of like a get out. So that's like your last resort, because oh. ideally you want to kind of pick pick apart their yeah. defense and, and split them through the middle and open the game up. Um, but if that's not on because they've pressed in really well, then you kind of just have to bomb it long. And that was quite often my role was to kind of be that get-out option. So if they needed to just kick it so, long. Yeah,
0: you're in the pound and you have to catch the ball. Yeah. Have you ever been on the opposite side of that where someone ju- jumps on your back and mosses you like that?
1: Um, <laughs> no, nah, I've never been mossed, but uh, I've certainly been manhandled a few times in – Oh, they, and, like, box you up? Yeah, okay. and and that's something that we would train a lot during the preseason mm. um, was a lot of uh, body work and, and one-on-one situation. Yeah.
0: How about the stadium itself? I've heard a lot about
1: MCG. Oh, amazing. Greatest stadium in the world. Yeah, without a doubt. It's so big. How many
2: it fit? It's Over fit. 100K, right? 100K? Yeah.
1: But I think, too, like, the field size kind of makes it feel massive. Really? Yeah, because the field, like you said, is like 200 yards long by, I think it's actually 100, 180 metres long and 167 metres wide or something, which is a lot of yardage. But um.
2: How does it compare to playing in like the Coliseum in terms of like the fans and the environment and the atmosphere?
1: Um, the Coliseum's got a really different feel because it, it, it almost feels like the stands kind of just disappear into the darkness. And it seems, it's just, it feels gigantic. And everything's on the same level. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's different. How about it's rowdiness? Awesome.
0: Like, just fans. So, we had OJ on the first episode. Do you remember Bolin? And we, we pulled up the European basketball games. Oh, they're crazy. It's not they're even like soccer, light, just basketball. They're like yeah. flares and stuff. Yes. Inside it,
1: yeah. Wild. Apparently, they sneak the flares in into like really? foot long subs and then pull them out. <laughs>
0: it was one of the craziest things i've ever seen i had no idea but i'd imagine afl is something similar
1: uh not really like because the game is so free-flowing like the crowd kind of just tracks the game Mm. so they're very uh very active with the umpires calls and like very vocal when the they think a decision should be made Mm. whereas over here it's very much like a game is uh it's like a performance almost like it's very tactical by like the marketing team yeah. in how they're going to engage the the fans to kind of want to come, and then want to stay. Uh, whereas back home, it's like everyone comes because they just want to watch the game, see people crash bodies, and see their team win. Um, but I think again, that kind of comes back to the the stop start nature of American sports in general. I think, and I think that also yeah. kind of stems from uh, like all the ads. Like there's so many ads yeah. during sport over here. Yeah, that's true. And they take forever. So it's like the game could actually be over and done within like two hours. Yeah. But like it takes almost right. four.
0: Well, in terms of actual football being played, it's probably less than an hour. Or 100%. Yeah, <laughs> Probably way less, like half an hour or something. Yeah. And you're nonstop in AFL, Aussie rules.
1: Yeah. And I think that you have 20 minute quarters plus time on. So they usually go for about half an hour. Yeah. But there's no pause in between. So it's like the crowd is constantly engaged and they don't need to, to kind of force it a bit. Um, and I guess that comes back to different kind of culture as well.
2: So like we talked about kind of the crowd, how was the psychology of the players? So is there a different way the players, you saw the players go about in the locker room and how, how they were in the makeup or, um, was it pretty similar?
1: Yeah. Well, I was actually watching your, uh, your chat with coach muster and coach Tupo. Yeah. And, uh, um, Darren brought up a really good point about not everyone likes to listen to the really Simula, loud Simula. music and yeah. and that sort of thing. And I think that was really kind of relevant back home. Like if people wanted to listen to music, they would have their headphones on. And then that would kind of signify to other people, okay, like let them do their thing. They're like listening to their music. That's how it that works for them. Um, then other guys would... Um, like to go out on the field beforehand, run around a bit, kick the ball, really relaxed. I'd just like to kind of walk around. I'd listen to music for a little bit and then kind of just interact with my teammates, um, which I kind of do now. I kind of just pace around. I just, I don't know if it feels good. Yeah. Um, but the psyche side of stuff, I think there's so much room to grow over here. Um, and especially for our team too, like I think it's a really untapped kind of potential Um in getting more out of players.
0: So you're doing something not completely different here with football, but, you know, when you played in Australia, there's the physical element that you're not quite reaching here. Does that play into your your pregame, you know, mental, your mindset in terms of preparation for
1: that game? Um, I think it does, yeah, because, like, I'm not thinking about, like, how, like – like running patterns and having to work really hard to a certain spot. All I'm kind of focused on now, I can kind of narrow it now and streamline my focus. And uh, in many ways, that's kind of been a nice thing and a nice thing to adjust to. Um, Whereas I can really just focus on the one thing and like this one particular task and that's to kick the ball where it needs to be kicked and like help my teammates. Um, But then on the flip side, it's hard because my role is so limited, so it's like, yeah. well, I, if, even if I execute my job, I, uh-huh. how do I, how else do I impact the team? You know,
0: right? Is there almost more pressure in that? And you have one responsibility to punt the ball, and like everyone's staring at you. Kind of the same thing with a quarterback, but fourth down, you're you're the guy. You know, if you bobble it or something, it's kind of the same thing with a holder. The only time you know someone comments about him is when he messes up, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is there more pressure in that, or? Does does AFL present more more nerves in that aspect?
1: Uh, I think there's more, probably more pressure over here because the game is so free flowing back home. So it's like you screw up. There's not enough you're, time yeah, to worry can, about it. Like yeah. if you stop to think about it, the game's past you, and yeah. you've probably made another mistake. If you shake
0: a punt, you're going to the sideline. Yeah. the camera's on you. you got a lot of time to think about it. Yeah, yeah, you have a long time to think about it.
1: Absolutely, yeah. it's uh, it can be hard, but at the same time, that's where. Your preparation is so important and that's something that I really value and then pride myself on is making sure that um, I've done enough work during the week and in the months before that, that I know by the time game comes around, everything I've done in the week is actually harder than the game time. Yeah. And when I'm out there, it's actually just like I'm just reacting. going out there and yeah. I'm just reacting and doing what practice. I've trained, you know. Yeah. Because if you're thinking when you're out there, it's like there's not enough time for it in the game yeah
2: but you've been a pro for eight years right like there's still kids here trying to bounce school trying to you know work steady. I don't know what else they're doing yeah. and especially being in Los Angeles there's so much to do like did you have that mentality coming out of you know high school or is that something that they coached you up and developed you when you first got into league and stuff like that
1: um yeah I think uh it's definitely something that was learned like I mean there was an an element of, yeah, I knew how to work hard, um, but probably, I mean, no one knows when they're 18, like how to fully apply themselves. And I think that's where learning from your teammates who have been there before and also the club investing in you as a player will help you develop in that area that makes you a good player. Um, and I hope that that's something that I can provide to the team over here is uh, is how to apply themselves and to get more out of themselves and – and to not put limits on what they think they can achieve or how, or how far they can push their body. And I think that's why our program at the moment is actually, has been really awesome is because our team is now learning like, you know, what, like I'm getting through these freaking hard weeks. I feel good. Like I'm ready to attack the next week. And that's where confidence comes from is from doing the work. So then come game time, like they don't have to think about it. They're like, you know what, this guy's going to give you, give me his best. I've done so much freaking hard work i'm going to dominate this book you know like and i hope that that's something i can you know give yeah. back to the team nice yeah. uh, do you, do people do you think people are receptive
2: to you because you're you're much older than everyone else right um everyone's like 18 years old coming straight out of high school i feel like the old man inside the house right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm the oldest by far do you feel like alienated anyways being that much older or do you think you can still connect with these kids and uh provided uh, value to them
1: um I, well i like to think i can still connect by the way if you're ever interviewing a woman
2: old
3: that's older than you i would soften that up a little bit <laughs> yeah. my yeah, you're uh,
1: lucky then, going. i kind of uh <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of nice being around um younger guys like it makes me forget about how old i am um or how old i'm becoming um but yeah i think Playing AFL, you were dealing with new draftees coming in anyway, so you kind of, kind of had that experience of dealing with younger guys coming in. Only now it's I'm um, I'm the only one. I feel like I'm kind of left on the island a little bit, and then there's just this big distance in between. And, but no, it's fine. Like I often forget about how old I am, and I, I I think the age factor is not really a thing.
0: How about the difference in training between the two? You mentioned our. Our new program here with uh, you know Coach Steiner coming in for Notre Dame and all that, and they're working us. You know they're they're challenging workouts for sure. The mat drills, you know, we're, were running for us in the weight room. Just kind of curious to see how that differs or the similarities between an AFL training regimen versus college football.
1: Yeah, I think um, even our old program was very much tailored towards like being really good lifters and. Um, Talk about here. Yeah, here. Yeah, and uh, and then now we've kind of seen a shift to to more, I guess, like a baseline development in like anaerobic threshold. Yeah, and I think that translates really well to to football. Um, but uh, as compared to back home in Australia, the, it's very much endurance based. So, kind of like the emphasis that's placed on weights over here would be placed into running, um, and then also you get a lot of your endurance through the training. So, like they they set up drills um so that you get conditioning from it um which i mean happens over here too yeah but uh yeah i think that the greatest difference is probably the emphasis that's placed on on weight training and you need that over here because you got guys that are dealing with knocks every every down and like you need to have that protection well don't Um, you
0: need the same thing in aussie
1: rules yeah you need like an element of it because if you need to be like super fit and but also six four package you strong. have to have both yeah you got to yeah. find like this balance in between because if right. you're too heavy and like got too much muscle you're not going to be mobile you're going to get outrun yeah right. so for instance like me myself like I've put on 25 pounds since I've been here really so I, I was getting around at like 220 it's about 100 kilo just under 100 kilo um because I needed to run um but you then you were six? 6'6 six? yeah 6'6 six, yeah. six. um so yeah, we would do a, a heap of running. That's why and yeah. That's why like when we do running out here, i that's, I'm, why that's you're like killing the, that's my it. thing. Yeah. Like that's the one the one drill yeah. where I, I might actually win. Like I'm not gonna be the yeah. fastest, but I'm you I'll could just outrun. Keep, Yeah, you yeah. could yeah. Well I probably won't Outlast outrun Mo. Moe's a machine.
0: No, that's you. Dude, yeah. I remember my first summer out here. I don't know who you were. Uh you were leading the pack and I'm like, this guy's a tight end for sure. Six six, two forty, yeah. just striding out there i thought you were i down, was bro. trying to
1: mow you down pardon the pun <laughs>
0: that's, i see what you did there
1: <laughs> that was bad sorry
0: no that was good that's what we need puns yeah. um no nah, so you play play eight years right and then decide to call it quits uh you know what, what goes into that decision and then and then you're hey I'm, I'm gonna move to the us and play college football and pursue this american football dream
1: Uh, Yeah, so in my last year I had a a few concussion issues Um, And it wasn't because of concussion That I retired I actually came back and played uh, Which I'm really glad I did I kind of need that closure When I look back at it retrospectively But um, it was kind of uh, It wasn't really like a deliberate move To come over here It kind of just popped up Um, And one of my good mates Who's actually Was the puncher at Utah and just transferred over to Florida or a school in Florida. Um, he had just committed to Utah. And I was like, oh, this looks pretty good. I was coming out of contract at the end of the year, and I was like, at my age, this is probably something, if I'm going to do it, because I'd always kind of thought about coming over here and having a crack. Um, so I just sat down and had a, a conversation with the, the coaches at Pro Kick, and then had a kick before Christmas Eve, I think 20, uh, 2017. And then uh, he sent the footage off to well, – no, at the same time, I think Coach Baxter at the time was asking if there was any good punters around and they were like, well, this guy's come down for a kick but he's actually not really in the program. If you want him, you have to act on it fast because I'm, like, I was still contracted. So um, in about a five-day span, it kind of played out and I ended up retiring and committing to come to USA.
0: Yeah, Where's so – how long have you been practicing punting before you got the offer here?
1: Uh, well, I hadn't really been pun- like not, not punting as you know it over here, but yeah. I had been doing cause the, the art of kicking, which we do a lot. In yeah, yeah, fight, yeah. It's very, it's like the same action, it's same similar. concept. Okay. You just need to fine tune some stuff. Um, and don't get me wrong. That's a really hard process to kind of master the art of, uh, of what's needed over here. Um, but what? I had I showed enough in that first kind of footage that um, Coach Baxter showed a lot of faith in me and um, yeah I kind of showed a lot of faith in him that he he wanted me and yeah that was it.
0: Yeah. What was he watching your your N- your American football like film or was he watching your AFL stuff?
1: Uh, I think he'd seen a little bit of the AFL stuff. Yeah, but it, that didn't really play into the decision a lot. I yeah. think like he watched Did primarily me kicking an NFL ball. Yeah, okay yeah
0: so okay dude that's wild that's yeah was, so my like,
1: world was flipped on its head how, yeah what
0: would you put like two weeks on it between the decision to I'm gonna try out this new skill until the point where coach Baxter said you know we'll take you and you know come move to Los Angeles Um, like, like what's, what's that time frame looking like
1: I literally just had that one kick uh-huh. that I, one I, that I one training for, session yeah probably about an hour and a half maybe and the coach was from Australia, yeah. from Pro Kick, was filming me. Um, and I had kicked an, an American football prior to that, but I hadn't been actively training it or anything. And then um, I had a few more conversations with, with Coach Baxter and um, I think it was probably, pro- yeah, probably like a two week period where I had kind of finalized my decision and confirmed that I was gonna retire. I had to go in and tell my uh, head coach that I was going to yeah. retire. Uh. <laughs> it was, I've ne- I don't think I've ever been yeah. so nervous in my life. I bet. Yeah, I thought he was, I genuinely thought that he was going to lean over the table and, like, punch me in the face because he was just like, you're screwing over the list here. <laughs> right. But uh, he was super supportive, and um, I think he kind of always knew that at some point I was going to go down this pathway. Yeah.
2: So, so what's the dream? What's the dream just to come to America, see what the culture's like, be on a team? Or is it to be like in the NFL and be an NFL punter and have another professional career?
1: Yeah, that's that's my uh, my end goal. I had a conversation with one of my old teammates, Shane Edwards, Ripper Bloke. Um,
0: <laughs> Wait, what did you say? <laughs> Ripper Bloke? Ripper Bloke, like <laughs> right, we can't right. just pass over. Hey, no, you're
1: gonna have to explain that?
0: <laughs> yeah, bro. What? Oh, just, a, just a. What's Ripper mean? Just
3: a, like he's like a just, like he's shredded, like he's a no, big no, dude. He's or just, a, he's just cool a good guy. Just a bloody good dude. Yeah, okay, okay.
1: Just a Ripper a bloke. Okay. Um, and he was saying like when you look back when you're 40 and like, and you kind of look at your life story, like, what do you want to, like, what are you going to say? Um, and then we kind of spoke about how, like I've got drafted out of high school, played AFL, and I'll go to college. And then the goal is to play NFL. But uh, I think even if it's just coming over here, getting a degree, which I never thought I would do, um, coming to a school like USC looking back at that when I'm 40 and like everything I've experienced, it's would just be like a really cool um, achievement and something i would be super proud of. And um, so regardless of whether I make NFL or not, like I'm really, really grateful that I've had this opportunity to come over here and immerse myself in a different culture and different sport. But without a doubt, like the number one priority is like, I want to play yeah, NFL. NFL. Yeah. That's,
2: that would be cool. All All Pac-12, right? Yeah, we're gonna say All Pac-12. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, I'm career. gonna take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> NFL, that'd be that'd be sick.
0: Playing, yeah, playing pro for two different leagues in two different countries. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: That was that was one of the things that I was like, if I can get drafted in two professional sports, mm-hmm. I'll be. That was one of the things I wanted yeah. to tick off. So, working hard towards that. Yeah, Bo oh,
0: Jackson. Yeah, Bo <laughs> Jackson. Dude, I'm. If you're gonna put me in the same. <laughs> I'll <laughs> take greatest it. athletes of all time. <laughs> Bo Jackson, Ben Griffiths. Nah, I don't think there's daylight yeah. between that. <laughs> oh yeah. man, yeah. Um, dude, I'm still in awe of after one workout. You know, your your pro kick guys are like he's ready to go play in the states. Yeah. Because I mean, there's dudes that you're from California, who spend their whole life dreaming about playing at USC. This dude, Ben, pulls up to a field in Australia, still, in, still on contract. He kills a workout. I'm like, all right, yeah, we'll take him.
2: Yeah, I think like, kicking is kicking one of that different. sport, too, yeah. right? We have personal trainers. Yeah. You do it from, like, when you're a Pop Warner and you're like, my kid's going to be a kicker, right? So you practice that skill of learning how to kick, yeah. whether it's, like, field goals or punter, and try to go to great school, and then try to make it a league. then once you make it to the league, you know, people are there for years and years and years, so it's even harder to get in. So that's a very competitive and and tough process. Yeah,
1: no doubt.
0: I was reading about Mason Cox basically did the opposite thing. So he came from – he was a basketball player at Oklahoma State, some 6'10 guy, didn't really even get much playing time, just a big dude. And somehow he found out about Aussie rules and he moves over there. So it's just the opposite thing is he – how's he as a player is, is he is he getting the respect that uh that you know natural born aussies are getting or uh, how does that work is that is that a common thing or is he like one of a kind in that sense because i see a lot of you know guys doing what you're doing you know the the aussie guys coming out here and playing you know punting that's becoming a trend right mm-hmm. but i don't see it the other way around yeah so
1: there's been a couple of guys i think uh Mason has certainly had the, the most established career, I would say. Um, and I think the way that he's gone is probably more impressive than us coming over here. You think so? Yeah, because... Why? I mean, the skill that we kind of do with kicking is already very transferable. So you only need to tweak a few minor things. Whereas he's had to learn how to kick.
2: You guys have to be athletes. Right? Yeah, and and to be yeah, and he's also... And I mean, that's,
1: yeah. he's come from basketball, so he's already a, a really good athlete, no doubt. Um, but then he's had to learn the game, and it's a very complex game. Um, so I, I think what he's done is uh, really good for the game of AFL in America because he's given it a massive amount of exposure. Um, and I think it's pretty impressive. Uh, he he actually cops a bit of flack in the media. Does he? Yeah, because, I mean, everyone has a bad game, but yeah. um, I think because lane, of who yeah. he is yeah. – And because of his story, he kind of stands out a lot and probably cops more than uh, your average player because of where he's come from.
0: Bro, this man grew up in Texas, Mason Cox. He's lived in Australia for two years, and he's already got an Australian accent. Yeah. Have you heard him speak recently?
1: He's still got an element of American. Like, it's not – I wouldn't say he's like a – But
0: he's got all the lingo. He says, mate. The whole, yeah. the whole nine yards. Well, I mean, everyone Why,
1: everyone says, mate. You, I, you've I been here while, for two, man.
0: three years. Why don't you sound American?
1: Oh, I'm, Has yours I'm, changed? I'm doing everything possible <laughs> just to, to not like, get the American. Watching like <laughs> <Australians> <laughs> movies Ubi's every yeah. night and everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm like on the phone back home to my mates. <laughs> yeah. so like, just talk to me. I need to hear an Australian <laughs>
0: voice. Do you think it will change or no?
1: Um, I don't know. It was just, it was nice to go back home over uh, over New Year's and kind of freshen up and yeah.
2: OJ was adamant <laughs> that he's never gonna lose his. Never. yeah. He could live here for ten years and have yeah. his I, I, I think there's
1: like a, a threshold. You get to a certain age and then it kind of Yeah. He it just stays. This. Whereas if, if if I had to come over when I was maybe like sixteen or seventeen or even eighteen, then I would have maybe been more like impressionable and Yeah. I think it subconsciously happens. Cause I, I reckon there's even times where um if we're in the weight room and we're we're Getting the count right and like i would subconsciously just say like a number with an american accent because i'm hearing it oh do you i and think i think so i think it happens
0: do you feel yourself saying it and then you're like damn it
1: there's been a few times where i've noticed myself with like saying an american sounding word and i've been like don't do that again
0: you say y'all
1: y'all examples? y'all is, is something that is something i'll never say <laughs> y'all yeah but there, are
2: there any sayings you've picked up? Like, OJ loves using cap. Oh, yeah. Cap is here. an American There's thing. some, like, sayings yeah, very, that he's picked yeah. up and, like, incorporated. Anything and that you've Vice added? versa,
0: we've picked up some British True. lingo.
1: True. Okay. safe. Safe? Yeah. Like, give me some context.
0: Be like, hey, what's up, Ben? Safe, Mo. Like, every time OJ walks. It's like a greeting. <laughs> every, yeah, it's a greeting. <laughs> yeah, every, <safe. laughs> that wasn't much context. Every time he, he opens up the apartment front door, safe, Mo. Safe, A-Money. Safe, blue dog, and he just wa- he just says safe. To
1: everybody. Is that like an introduction? Like, what's up?
0: Yeah, it's just yeah. like, yeah, just what's up? Safe. It's universal. Yeah. You can say it to. Kind of like
3: a bet. You could replace bet. it with a bet. Or it's more yeah. like, what's up? Hey, safe. hi,
0: yeah. Okay. What else? Okay. He's got a bunch of different ones, but it's interesting. No, I, I was actually surprised. I was listening to Mason, and he sounded like he was he's born and raised in Australia. Yeah, well, um, maybe it doesn't work the other way around. I don't know.
1: Good on him. I think he's going. Give, the, he's give, going the right way. Give Ben. A- yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> give Ben another year and it be American. Nah, nah I don't reckon. How about if Eamon and I went to Australia?
1: I think you'd have a very good time.
0: I'm term about in poly terms poly of I accent. Mean. Is it this? Is it sought after the same way? Like if a girl listens to your accent here, she's all over it. <laughs> if Australian accent, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, is it? Is it like? Uh, oh yeah, my I know. God. He's got an American accent. Like, wow.
1: Um. I've never been in that position where I've had an American accent and been in Australia, no, so no, I no, don't you really you know. Well, you've been Australian. You've been <laughs> yeah, over here. I've been yeah. in <laughs> Australia. I've come here.
2: Have you seen Americans in Australia? So
1: yeah, um, I w- I'm going to assume that yeah, you probably would because man. it's different. And uh, oh, this is very poor generalization, but I feel like Australian women don't like Australian men. So really? that's tough. I, think, like I think you men. would have a pretty good time.
0: I think we have to move to Australia. Yeah. Move to Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dude, I've, yeah. I've only heard there, great things. Yeah, 100%. I've only heard great things. In terms of the women out here, there's uh, a culture of fitness that doesn't really exist to, to that extent here in the U.S. You know, with the fitness IG models, that's a big thing. And maybe it's overplayed, but everyone that goes to Australia, we were talking to one of the girls that lives on, uh, on the fourth floor of our apartment, and she said she visited one time, and now she wants to move to Melbourne
1: but I'm we, from Melbourne and it's a really yeah, nice
0: place we asked her like what are you going to do after school <laughs> she just said I'm moving to Australia she doesn't have a job nothing
2: she just loves it she said it's a uh, they pay pretty well like you can be just a barista in a coffee shop making good money yeah if you don't need to like she almost said like what $30 an hour or something like that yeah, well, I,
1: yeah. okay so the I think the minimum wage the whole thing over here with like tipping and uh, very different very different because like like you're saying, like if you go and work at a cafe, like you probably earn 25 bucks an hour. Um, and then if like, you work on a public holiday, you can double that. Um, but yeah, like if you're a really good barista and you make really good coffee.
0: <laughs> you're like, the best barista in No,
1: honestly, like cafes will, because there's a massive cafe culture in Melbourne. Mm. They will like seek really good baristas and you can make really good money. Wow.
3: Well, you saying earlier that that Australians are known for
1: being kind of coffee snobs, in a sense. Yeah, um, Melbourne in particular. Really? Yeah, very coffee snobby. So,
2: so yeah. are you like a superstar if you're a good barista or something? Like, you have a uh, name uh, <laughs> to represent
0: you. I you think have contract <laughs> <laughs> negotiations. Yeah. I'm sitting out today, boys. <laughs> sure,
3: there's like barista art over there, in a sense, too. No, he's good yeah. Drafted. Barista yeah. art, That's is a massive. Thing.
1: Yeah, wow. like it's they take pride in that, and um, as the customer, I take in pride. I take pride in. Judging their coffee. Pretty hard. How much
0: better is coffee over there than here?
1: Oh, it's much better. Like, I, I don't even know how to explain it. But it's just so much better. The coffee over here is just so Just the bad. quality.
0: You're saying even the most fancy coffee here, you know, the elite of the elite, Beverly Hills, you're saying it doesn't
1: compare to your average shop in Australia. Not yeah. even close. Wow. Like, Melbourne's probably got 100 cafes better than the best cafe over here.
0: What if you open up one of those here do you think there are go?
1: actually a few australian cafes have you? really there's a few in new york too and they're yeah. actually doing really well it's hey, so uh, it tastes different like that's a yeah. thing
0: an australian coffee shop
3: yep in great white in venice is australian mm-hmm.
1: oh wow yeah. yeah i think
3: i've been
2: there it's great, great white great, it's great food that. great
3: already coffee. got a fan yeah, yeah. already got a fan yeah. uh it's not necessarily i'm sure their coffee's amazing but i think elefante is australian as well in santa monica
1: makes sense if it's good <laughs> Where do you get
0: your coffee then?
1: No, it is. Well, Dulce is actually... Oh, in the village. Yeah. Okay. um, And their coffee, um, they actually have an Australian working behind the the Mm. coffee machine. Um, And she makes a really good coffee. Mm. That's why I go there. Yeah, there may be some bias there, but... Yeah, yeah. bro. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to my fellow Australian. (laughs) (laughs) But, hey, she knows how to make a coffee. It's true. Lessons to be learned.
0: So, were you just chatting to her about... You know, back home and the way she makes it or what?
1: No, like I i know Maddie pretty well. Oh, she goes here? Yeah, she goes to the okay, school. Okay. So um shout out to Maddie. Yeah. She's shout listening. out to Maddie if she's listening. Probably not, but shout out anyway. No um, We're upping our listener. But I can I can definitely make sure she yeah. listens to it. Yeah. Um But yeah, uh yeah, no, she I guess just knows how to make a coffee. Hmm. Yeah.
2: So What else about the culture do you like in Australia? How is it different than here? We talked a little bit about the nightlife. It's more drug-focused and alcohol-focused. And So just walk me through like a regular night, you and your mates in Australia. What does that look like?
1: Yeah, so um, I noticed it massively when I came. uh, And I've kind of been trying to hypothesize about it. Because I'm doing psychology and I've had a few substance classes, um, and the legal drinking age of 21. I don't know if that kind of plays into the drinking habits of college students, but um, there's certainly like a culture, at least at college, where people will just go out and get hammered at pre-games and write themselves off because they know they probably can't buy drinks if they go out. Um, Whereas back home, like me and my mates, when we perch up at a pub somewhere, we're just sitting in the beer garden and like, we're not going to move. Like we're just locking in for the afternoon, you know? And then it's just, it's not like, we're not just sculling beers like every 30 seconds. It's like a steady pace. Yeah. It's just steady flow. Just good times. It. Yeah. And, like, and it's more based around conversation rather than just getting absolutely... Just taking shots, yeah. Yeah. Loud music, taking
0: shots. I also heard something interesting where the day before your version of the super bowl what's what's the championship called Premier or something
1: uh the premiership
0: yeah the premiership where well, that day's off completely because they know people showing up to work would just be hung over
1: it's a public so, holiday
0: yeah it's a public holiday that day is completely off it's Crazy, because they know it's just gonna be a rager three days straight
1: yeah well i mean people are gonna take the day off anyway if their team wins yeah so they're just like oh, we'll cut our losses and just give everyone the day off enjoy the day
0: yeah well, that's a huge that's a huge have you played in that before
1: uh, I ha- I didn't play in it, but my last year my team won it. Okay. Yeah, so I was there. So
0: Richmond, do you have a? What do, do you get? a, a ring? Home. Yeah. Ooh, so that's huge. Yeah. That's the equivalent of winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. So you're la- you went out the right way. Is that what you were talking about with? Uh, I would
1: have been nicer to play in it, but I yeah. still got a ring. I still played a part. And okay. I mean, looking back at it, I'll still be. You've got a ring. Yeah. So that's.
0: I mean, you still contributed. You've been with that what the same same team for those all eight years, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when I got drafted, uh, that was the first year that uh our head coach started. Um and he's now gone on to, to coach them to three premierships in four years. So Wow. It's kind of been it was really cool to kind of be there from the transition of us being really, really bad mm. to just really, really good.
0: Yeah. And so um, you got to see that growth and you were a part yeah. of it the whole time.
1: And and, and also the shift in uh, kind of what it took to be able to be really good um, and how the team chemistry kind of functioned and uh, and the operations from the the leadership not even just from the coaches but from the the president and the ceo and how yeah. they manage the club as a whole um, and their values and that sort of stuff and how that impacted the playing group and um, it's amazing how everything's so interlinked mm.
0: um, did the you notice just, yeah. a difference where everyone's buying in all of a sudden and yep yeah, Just absolutely. over time. Yeah. yeah.
2: W- was it top down thing or was it like the people in the club really brought the energy and cohesiveness? Or was it from, like you said, the management and the coaches and kind of like leaked down?
1: I think uh, it stemmed from the head coach, the CEO, and the president, and all three of them allowing for the like the like administration, um, the support staff for game day, like your trainers and stuff to feel like they're making an impact. Um, and then also as the playing group, which is probably the most important part, um, just celebrating each individual for who they were and really encouraging them to play to their strengths and like use their ability and what they were drafted for on game day. And like, so to say you got a really fast guy, you're telling him, mate, every time you get the ball, you just take off. I want to see you use your speed. Like use your your strength to make our team better. Um, and I think with with sports, you can often get caught up in trying to make each player the same type of player, but everyone's different and everyone's got different strengths and um, the shift towards celebrating everyone as being a different individual really helped our team. Yeah.
0: I read also you guys have this legendary player, Dusty Martin. Absolutely star. I hear he's the Tom Brady of of the league essentially in terms of goat status. Is that is that accurate? Would you portray it that same way?
1: Uh but I mean Tom Brady's like pretty
0: he's good. He's the goat enough. of all yeah, he's the best. <laughs> <in> <laughs> he's one sport, but, but uh in terms of like a Michael Jordan esque figure where yeah.
1: he's certainly in he's terms the of dude. performance in uh in finals games and playoffs, um Dusty Martin is unrivalled. I think he's won three best of oh, three MVPs of the the grand final or Super Bowl. So we have got um,
2: some stats up. What, what's the stats you look for, like an All Star? Yeah, what's player? going on
0: here? Is he yeah. is he making the most kicks through the post?
1: <laughs> no. So well, I mean, he certainly does. He's very damaging up forward. That's like that's why he's so good because okay. he plays in the midfield and dominates in there, but then can also go forward and and is a really hard matchup because of his size and strength um
3: his, whatever head outs are seems to always own that <laughs> position
1: <laughs> the hit outs, that's the rock that's the rock position that's actually really bad for a rock it think. says disposals kicks, yeah marks, disposals handballs. yeah disposals is uh is probably the number one category but you want to look at efficiency too so someone might have like 40 disposals but be running at like 63 to disp- uh three 63 efficiency um anyone who's like up around 80 percent is elite but Dusty is just so unique. I don't think there's any other player like him, and that's why he's so damaging.
0: Why is he unique? Because he can do a lot of things very well?
1: <laughs> he's just such a freak. It's just different, huh? Like, he can just... He just gets stuff done when it needs to be done. Like, big moments. It sounds like kick, he's clutch, too. Yeah, clutch. Yeah. Man, some of the goals he's kicked from, like, the boundary um, it's just incredible.
2: And is he, has he always been like that? So you guys get drafted right of high school, right? Is yeah. he a guy that developed like a Tom Brady or
1: from the very beginning, everyone knows Dusty's going to be that guy. Um, yeah. I, I think like, cause so me and Dusty were in the same draft and uh, he was such a, he was like, everyone knew he was going to be a star. Um, and then I think like over the journey, he's just grown so much as a, as a player and, and has now become a really good leader at Richmond in 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 the way he approaches his training and his professionalism. Um, but uh, man, he's just like, I don't even know how to describe how good he is, but like he's so good. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: How about his, uh, we were talking about his training too. I thought it was, it was an interesting uh, strategy he had.
1: Yeah. Well, he's just found a balance that works for him and, um, I mean, without COVID, he usually spends every off season in LA or in the states, and yeah, um, yeah. Like I mean, he does whatever he needs to do, and, and I think that's again comes back down to what he's found works for him, and that's like he'll train super hard during the year and apply himself to the game really well, and um, but then we'll also let him let himself relax and, and and celebrate and enjoy himself, and that's part of just being a human. So I think. Um yeah, what, whatever he's doing is working for him. So I'm right. just yeah. I'm in awe of what his his output is right now. It's pretty impressive.
2: And and do you like try to take game from other players or when you watch games or do you just see what works for you and, and go that route? Like do you try to pick apart Dusty's game and try to take some of that and put incorporate it in yours or how, how does that usually work?
1: Uh we were different positions, so yeah. I, I would there wasn't much that I would and there's probably not much I could take from Dusty's game because yeah. a lot of the stuff he does is um, yeah, I can't do but uh yeah, certainly we would we would scout other players who would play similar position position from other teams and um I would try and take like techniques that they might use in a in a marking contest or a one on one situation and try and implement that myself um, so yeah, you're kind of always watching film and and studying other players. Um, trying to get better but i mean yeah dude this looks like controlled chaos going
0: on do you ever miss the the adrenaline that's going on when you're running with the ball
1: yeah there there are parts of the game i, miss. I just miss being involved so much like yeah. i wish i could like a big part, part but, yeah yeah and that's why i guess now i'm kind of getting a little bit of that through being able to train with more of the team okay because the specialists are now working with the d-line yeah. and we're doing everything with them um So I kind of feel way more a part of it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I certainly miss being kind of out there and. Yeah,
0: because specialists are usually in their own corner of the field. Yeah. Especially during camp and all that, you're just doing your own thing.
1: And even in my first year, we would, we would do all the special teams periods at the start of practice, and then we would go inside and lift. Oh. So we wouldn't even watch practice. Yep. Yeah. So people would be like, "Oh, how's the team going?" Like, well, I
0: have no idea. They're doing. I don't know. I haven't
1: seen anyone (laughs) practice. Um. Whereas now I can kind of like get You're that there with the guys that fix that I need of like being around more yeah. people, yeah. That's the thing I miss the most. I think is is kind of being around the team and.
0: Is that what you miss most about yeah. Richmond as well? Just being
2: with the guys in the locker room and.
1: Yeah, that's that's mean, that's me- the best part of sports. That's right? what yeah. your memories. Yeah, are that's mate. what everyone misses. Yeah. yeah. You
2: Have you ever thought about? Oh, I can play tight end, or I can play this position. Watching practice. That's actually a good question. In high school, we had <laughs> yeah. a. Our punter, all-American punter, plays in the league now. Um, I think he he got picked up by the Bucks a month before they won the Super Bowl. He was our middle linebacker. Like you, he was like 6'4", 240. Have you ever thought about playing a different position or anything? Or at yeah. least running a fake?
1: Oh, look, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. more than happy to run yeah. a fake. Yeah, when's the fake cover? Yeah. <laughs> the fake? I don't know. I really don't know. I would love for a fake <laughs> to happen.
0: Um, I'm going to talk to Coach Snyder on that.
1: Yeah, look, I've... I don't know. I don't know if Coach Harrell's joked about putting me in as a tight end and Coach Orlando's even like jokingly mentioned putting me in on third and long. Yeah. Um,
0: That'd be so much fun, bro.
1: <laughs> I know, but we'd have to be up by a 70 if we're doing that. I don't think I would trust me going in. I've got no game sense or game IQ of… of this is uh, form
0: tackling at its finest.
1: I know, but the tackling part's fine, but like, how do I get past those big bastards that are on the line? Like, true, there's some yeah. There's some big freaking units getting around yeah uh, there's uh, no there's no 300 pounders yeah, playing no. and i'm not armed with the technique to kind of <laughs> slide under and get through let's uh, you know?
0: say you have a delayed blitz open <laughs> hole the <laughs> quarterbacks are sitting back there yeah, in comes
1: ben if you can guarantee me a little
0: bit. other yeah. side of the
3: ball you're talking defense i thought you're talking about going up and getting it like you were Oh getting it.
1: both throw it up to bed yeah, i think like maybe like a if red zone fed if we're up like 70 against UCLA yeah we'll run it goal line oh god I'm though. gonna go yeah up to coach well, cause Harrell,
0: you're right? used to catching it catching it amongst groups of 5-6 people yeah so what if you just put one corner on you that's five, you're like see. bro this is cake
1: I can't jump like I used to <laughs> you lost it I've lost it yeah. <laughs> I lost it with my age
0: oh man how about um, how about trash talk
1: uh, to be honest mate everyone's too tired to trash talk really there. Yeah, you're running around too much. If you've got if you've got energy to trash talk in an AFL game, you're not working hard enough. Mm. That that was my kind of understanding.
0: Yeah. How about when you get that 30-second break between catching the kick ball and then giving it a free try?
1: Mate, you are trying you to get as air. much oxygen into your lungs as possible. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Like uh, a <laughs> two hundred yard field. Yeah. 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 It's a freaking long field. And there's a yeah, we would do so our running sessions, kinda like how we would do gases. Yeah. Um, we would do like one kilometer intervals, which is just over half a mile. So we'd do like six of them. Yeah.
0: Are any fights breaking up breaking out?
1: Uh occasionally you get a, a melee breaking out. Yeah. You been in one? uh i've been a few scuffles but like <laughs> scuffles? yeah um, no nothing bras, like yeah. just small scuffles. well no if because you get fined too much now like, oh really yeah and then so if you're if you're just fighting by yourself with someone else you wear the fine but if there's other people involved they like spread the fine out yeah, spread the love so if it's going to happen you yeah, want it to happen just a group. It. yeah you want it to be in a group. you don't want to be going one all yeah, your one. boys uh, involved how much are the fines uh they would be like i think the most we had was like 1500 it's like your match payment gone. Yeah, still. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, it's not ideal. But I see a lot of elbows. I mean, that's all legal. A lot right? of jumper punches.
1: I, so if you like grab them by the scruff and like, get yeah. them on the jaw.
0: Well, I'm talking about in the field of play, the stuff that's legal. Like you can get away with a lot.
1: Oh, yeah. A lot gets like you could kind of like throw a cheap one or like an you know, elbow like during at yeah, a stoppage or something. And yeah. Umpires can't see that. Where
0: were most of your concussions coming from? Are you, is it contact on the ground or is it?
1: Someone hitting you. Well, I think there's actually one on yeah. YouTube. Check you this. out. in Ben Griffiths KO. Oh, that Barry yeah, Hall. Yeah, watch this.
3: You're Jeez. asking about fights? Watch this.
1: <laughs> wow. That's, That's clean. Just, <laughs> right. he he just, got, I think he got suspended like eight weeks. Or so. uh, what am I looking for? Yeah, yeah, he's like, I didn't do anything. It's like he fully knocked the bloke out. Um, if you Ben Griffiths KO. I got knocked out one time like trying to jump up and get the ball and then landed on my head. Were you out called? Um, yeah, I was out for, I remember waking up on the board coming down the race going inside. I think I was out for like a minute wow. and six seconds. Or something. Wow. How many concussions did you have? Uh, Recorded. Yeah, it was probably like nine or ten. Wow. Recorded. Yeah. yeah. And I think like thing for me was like kind of after this one it took less and less to feel mm. yeah, to like be concussed and that's where it, like yeah, it was kind easily, of like yeah it became actually uh like really troubling because i was like worried about it i was like freaky like if i keep doing this like what am i going to be like when i'm 45 um yeah it's not ideal but i mean you there's Bro, I, a show one, to you, yeah too.
0: no I had a bad one I guess it's now two years ago against Missouri and I slid and uh, safety came down and I was already on the ground for maybe I mean it felt like an eternity maybe a full second or two and he just you know flagrant targeting right at my head and knocked me out of the game and I mean I had headaches and concussion-like symptoms for a long time after that weeks months yeah it would be like every few days just have headaches and i mean it's tough yeah it's tough i i got into a lot of the the supplementation and stuff for it you know a lot of the dha fish oils um man i was i was doing the hyperbaric chamber stuff i was doing uh float pods like i was getting into it there's even uh light therapies a lot um iv glutathione i don't know if you've tried any of the any of the recovery
1: methods for it well i, I did a, a lot of work with like a i think it's the vestibular it's like yeah so that,
0: that was my concussion it was yeah. a vestibular concussion so yeah.
1: i worked with a, a vestibular physio okay i did the same uh, exact thing yeah i did a lot of like movement through motion and focusing on things on the wall Cause it
0: jacked up your balance right yeah and yeah.
1: like uh, I would work on like a, a metronome. Mm-hmm. So I'd start off real slow because I had to focus on like a dot on a wall yeah, and then move my head like at a certain tempo. I um, did the same exact thing. And While I remember the first time doing it, like feeling like I was going f- yes, to throw up. Yes, Um So I worked with her for... Yeah, that would have been like three months. Yeah, um,
0: I did something similar to that.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of where I a lot of my focus and then through that i kind of had to manage my heart rate and stuff with working out yeah. um and then gradually build back up because i had a real issue with migraines um okay. and if i would exert myself too hard i'd just get like a migraine i'd feel like i'm going to throw up yeah. and i'd lose uh my vision so yeah like i just worked with her for i think it was like yeah 12 weeks and then kind of go back to a stage where i was really confident that I was in a better place to, to go back and play. But even when you're confident,
2: that sounds pretty traumatic. Like even the rehab and being able to get back to that spot, did yeah. that affect how, I don't know, either of you, how you played the game?
0: Well, if you want to play at a high level, it can't, yeah. right? Yeah. But a lot of it is you have headaches for so long that you expect it to come on. Yeah. I don't know if you, you felt the same no, thing. I would wake today up and not be like waiting I for my
1: headache. I can't, I'm like waiting for the next one. You know? oh and, still and that's because like but that's just because of where i was you know and yeah. like the expectation that i had and even now like i think it sometimes but i know i'm fine um but yeah like that's just i don't know the product of the game and
0: yeah no i mean it's it's a tough deal man i don't know if you've
2: ever gone through anything like that uh, I, I mean i've had serious injuries right yeah. like i've broken my leg multiple sur uh, shoulders surgeries and De- definitely like affects your mental capabilities to come back, yeah. but especially something like a head where it's traumatic. You yeah. see yourself getting knocked out. Um, I think
1: too, like when I first, cause I had three in, uh, I think it was like a, a four week period or something. And then after that, the club was like, no, we're not playing. So in like, a four week period, you need to right. go. How do they like, let
0: you come back and play after the first two? A lot or? of
1: it was cause I was like, I'm going to play. Told them, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: were you feeling fine or were you still feeling something?
1: Uh, I don't know. I think, like, I kind of convinced myself that I was feeling fine, even yeah. though I probably yeah. you know, I wasn't. Uh, but then also, like, a lot of it at the start is, like, you can't make a decision when you're in that moment because I knew myself that, like, I wasn't in the mental state that I knew that, like is, my norm, like, is my normal. So, like, I didn't want to make a rash decision, say, like, to retire because... I knew that, like, if I could see the people that I needed to see and they would give me the advice I needed, right. that I could make a more calculated decision that wasn't based on emotion. And if I had the facts where, like, you know what, I'm going to be okay or this is, I can make this better, then I can be a better place to make a decision. Yeah. And that's in, that was where I was at. That, that's the scary thing because it's
2: so on you about, like, how yeah. you feel, right? And even if you feel great in the moment, it's how you feel in the next 10 years. And you see all these retired yeah. athletes – and how it's affecting them now, right? Yeah. Well, like a broken leg, you know it's healed, right? It was something like a concussion you can come back. And to your point, it you can come back worse and easier. Yeah. Well, that's the
0: scary part, too, where we're we're in the infancy stage with the brain research. Mm-hmm. And when I was going through my process, I'm asking the neuro guys. And, I mean, Vandy has some of the top guys in the country in terms of uh, concussion research. A lot of them are even uh, contracted by the NFL like the head concussion guys and they, they run the whole operation. And I'm having these, you know, doctors appointments with them on a weekly basis and I'm asking them these questions and a lot of them they don't even have the answers yet. They're they're frank yeah. about it. They said, you know, we're in the beginning of this research. A lot of it's a feel thing. You know, there's there's no way to measure it. You can't do you can't do an MRI the same way you could do for an A C L and see exactly what's going on. Yeah. It's how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. And then they're they're kind of conservative with the recovery stuff is which is why also Proactive about it, and, you know. I kept researching, researching. There's got to be something I could do. So that's how I got into the blue light glasses. Even to this day, at night, wear the blue light glasses. Um, again, like the supplements I was talking to you about, and something that I haven't tried yet, but I want to get into is stem cells. Mm-hmm. So I th- one of my uh, so my dad's a doctor, and, and, and a guy he knows out here in L.A. His son, I believe, works for the NFL. Does research for the NFL with concussion. Uh, and, and he works in a lab with mice. He basically gives them concussions with a hammer, rings their bell, right. And then, uh, injects them with their own stem cells. And he's doing that research for, for the league essentially. Yeah. And seeing what he can do with that. And he, and according to him, he's seeing great results. Yeah. And so what he suggested to me was we would take a sample out and then, uh, what you want to do is I believe inject yourself within like 48 hours or something such that I can reach the blood brain barrier um and yeah you know, i don't want to say you go back to baseline but he's saying you're, you're almost as good as you were before yeah. which is ex- as crazy as it sounds um he's I mean, right he's kind of biased but yeah there's some crazy research coming out man it's something to consider it's
1: gonna be interesting to see what happens in yeah. the next kind of 20 years right especially when you have like the the past players and and tracking how they're going mm. post retirement or
0: is there the same kind of outrage in Australia with the brain
1: stuff as, as there is here? Uh, the lawsuits and... You know. Well, there is at the moment, actually. Like, there's a lot of past players kind of coming back now who are actually really struggling with um, with mental issues. And there's been a couple of players who have unfortunately passed away and, and they've donated their brains to research. And yeah. it's come back that they've had really severe forms of CTE. Um, but like you How does you're the league
2: saying, ha- handle that? Does the league try to help it out or...? Weep it on the rug a little bit. I guess
1: because there's so much unknown about it, like no, I don't think anyone knows what to do, and like the league probably doesn't know how to handle it, um, nor do the players and the past players that are affected by it, um, and that's I guess the scariest part of it all is the unknown, um, and we live in a world where we need to know everything and yeah. feel comfortable. Yeah, give something. Well,
0: good. Big Ben, it's been an honor to have you on AFL legend future NFL punter, All-Pac-12, <laughs> USC Trojans standout, Ben Griffiths. Can't wait for you to sign the wall.
2: Join the momentum. Take a picture. Alumni. Yeah, the picture's oh yeah, over take there, the photo. too.
0: Again, brother, really appreciate it. Let's do it soon sometime. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Appreciate it.